This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. A very good Thursday morning to Marlins Nation. Thanks for whining with us, Steven Strom here. One last time on the Marlins Radio Network. The Marlins fall to the Philadelphia Phillies on Wednesday night. With some final thoughts, here is your radio voice of the Miami Marlins, Kyle Seeloff. Well, you never want to see it come to an end. And unfortunately for the Marlins, it does here in Philadelphia tonight. They fall to the Philadelphia Phillies by a final score of 7-1. But what a magic carpet ride this 2023 version of the Miami Marlins took us on this year. This is the 10th inning show. Alongside Kelly Sacco, I'm Kyle Seeloff. And Kelly, it's... um, it's hard not to be sad, but I would encourage everybody to do their darndest to appreciate what we saw this season. The one-run wins, the comeback victories, the dramatic walk-off wins. The, just It was everything, and it was everything you could ever ask for as a fan that ultimately culminated in a trip to the postseason. And Go ahead, give your thoughts on this one tonight, Kelly, but... Gosh, what what an amazing season that unfortunately had to come to an end. I'd rather talk about that. Yeah. 41 come from behind wins. 33 wins in one-run games. A far cry from what happened in 2022. This team is special. And they believed since day one when nobody else had them making it this far. And they fought. Skip talked about creating a culture, and he did so from day one. From the second he took the podium as the new Marlins manager, from the team that he built around him, him and Kim Ang, top to bottom, everyone on the same page. And these guys were resilient all year long. Gutsy wins. And they truly just care about each other. And that just goes to show you how much that matters to a team's success. So I'll tell you one thing. If there are issues in that clubhouse, they don't make it this far. You're right. You know, the sad part is is that we'll never see this group of guys together again. Right. And that's what's hard for folks when seasons come to an end. And <laughs> For, for 29 clubs, it's going to come to a halt this season, and for many it already has, and it did for Tampa Bay earlier today and Toronto and Milwaukee at home a short while ago. I, you know, I, I just, being able and given the opportunity to sit in this seat all season long, Kelly, you, 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 just, you just know that this thing's on the right track, and for so many years it wasn't, and you can... You can see how much it means to Skip and his staff and the culture that's being created for nine innings of baseball every night. And I I can't help but appreciate and feel so happy about what lies ahead, as sad as this might be here tonight. I, I think that for you and I both, we've been around this organization in some capacity since, what, 2013? Yeah. 
So we've <laughs> we've seen it all, folks. This is different. It feels different. We've witnessed it firsthand. For first time in quite a long time, you go into the offseason saying there are so many positives to build off of. And the future looks bright. I share the same sentiments. I'm going to be, I am really sad to see a lot of these guys go. Every year it's a new group. Every year it's a new story and it's a new cast of characters. This group, what a special one. Yeah. You got to go all the way back. And when I say all the way back, go all the way back to February 25th. The Miami Marlins were 5-2 to two losers at Clover Park in Port St. Lucie in that ball game. And opening day rolled around a month later. And the Marlins lost to the Mets. And you're thinking, well, here we go again. It's opening day and a division rival beats the ball club and gosh 162 games later they do it with one game to spare the Miami Marlins back in the postseason unfortunately it has to come to an end here tonight um ah goodness you know you just you, you don't want to put the headset down you don't want to sign <laughs> off because you want it you know you, you want you, you just want to see this group of guys just keep playing and you know, every, I tweeted this out, every good story has a beginning. And you just hope to an incredible end. And unfortunately, this is not the end that the Marlins wanted here in 2023. But it sure was a special season. Any particular moment? You know, I thought about doing all the highlights here, but what the heck? Who wants to hear the highlights from a 7-1 Phillies clinching victory here tonight? I'll keep it here for a couple of more minutes, Kelly. I mean, we can reminisce all night long, but is there anything in particular that really sticks out to you? Uh, the fight. Really the fight. This team was never out of it. This team was never out of it. I mean, look at all the adversity that they face. And this is even before Sandy was injured. Sandy was the defending Cy Young award winner in the National League. And he got off to an unexpectedly rocky start. Yep. And yet, yep. the Marlins still found a way to be one of five teams to 50 wins at the All-Star break. Yeah. How did, how did they do that? 14 over 500. And Trevor Rogers down after, what, one start? Did he even make it through one start? No, I know it. I mean, it just was blow after blow. And it was next man up mentality, next man up mentality. Yep. It's the way that they just were never phased by anything they went through. 12 games in the Arise cycle, the Solaire walk-off bomb, all the walk-offs at Lone Depot Park this so season. So much fun. Such a magical journey that this team took us on over the course of 164 games. We played a couple extra here in 2023, and nobody wants it to come to an end. Unfortunately, it does for the Marlins here tonight. They fall victim to the Phillies. And Philadelphia sweeps the National League Wild Card Series 2-0. And they beat the Marlins 7-1 tonight. Kelly, uh, on your way out the door, I just wanted to say thank you. An unbelievable season. I love working with you and Gabby and Rod and Nelly. And I cannot wait to do it. And I say this, and I know how sad people are tonight. 
I cannot wait till February, <laughs> and I cannot wait to do it again with you next year. I might just steal the headset, Kyle, if you don't mind. Uh, I love working with you, love being here, love covering Marlins baseball. And, well, I will spend the offseason counting down until the day I get to do it again. I know. You got a little Miami heat coming your way. You're a busy girl with Valley <laughs> Sports Florida. Folks love you there on the TV, and... Uh, Boy, they ought to be happy they have you roaming the sidelines in South Florida. So, Kelly, an unbelievable job. Thank you for all of your hard work, and I'll see you soon. Kyle, congratulations to you, Thank though. Thank you. First major league season in the books. You did an incredible job as the play-by-play -play voice of your Miami Marlins on Marlins Radio. Hey, your first year. If we go to the playoffs, Kyle, you're one for well, one. Let's keep on doing it. All because, right. Uh, I think so. I always say this. I am a fan like everybody else, and uh, I just love watching baseball. I love watching the Miami Marlins, and uh, shoot, if they'll have me back, I'd love to do it again in 2024. Okay, Kyle, thank you. Let's head down and listen to what Skip Schumacher had to say and hear him one last time on the Marlins Radio Network in 2023. Yeah, there's good. Uh, obviously, tough way for you to go out. What were the emotions like right now? What was the message to the club? And just big picture, how would you define how 2023 went? Yeah, I mean, most projections projections had us at probably less than 10% of making the playoffs. Um, I think the uh, culture changed. Uh, I believe that um, there's a new standard in that clubhouse now, and now it's up to them to protect that standard, honestly. Um, and I think uh, those guys are now understanding what winning looks like and should look like. And um, it was a really fun year. I mean, I grew a lot as a person, as a coach, um, met a lot of good people, new people um, in baseball, and um, just really fell in love with those guys. This, the sad part about it is because it's baseball, you're not going to see all the same people in spring training, right? And, um, and that's what sucks because I came to the field every day um, away from my family, but so grateful to be a part of another family um, that's outside my, like, you know, real family. Um, so I, it's just a sad day. Um, we lost to a really good team. Um, and I, I don't think there's much to hang your head about, uh, on, about because it was they gave it everything they had. Uh, we just fell short. Just for the series overall, what do you think was the difference between and between you guys and them over the two games? Wheeler, Nola, I mean, those those guys are going to haunt my dreams. Um, last year they kicked us out in St. Louis, and this year they uh, kicked us out here in Miami. And, um, yeah, they were uh, I, the common denominator, and they don't get enough credit. He doesn't get enough credit, at least I don't hear enough, is JT. JT is good back there and um, as, as good as anybody in the big leagues and what he is um, maybe the best in the big leagues, honestly. And... Uh, him navigating a game, changing the game plans um, up and get the game plan on us a couple times. We've seen both those pitchers quite often this year. Um, and it was a different type of uh, repertoire that, he, that Nola was throwing, um, you know, 3 1 changeups to DLC and just different types of pitches and different counts and kept us off balance. And, you know, we just couldn't get anything going. Skip, you mentioned just, you know, when come spring training, it'll look a bit different. How much do you think needs to be done to get you guys over the hump or to take the next step? Um, you know, I, I, I believe in those guys. You know, we won uh, a lot of series against teams that are still in the playoffs. Um, and um, they believe that they're just as good as a lot of teams that, that just moved on. And so do I. Um, it's tough to 
these three game series, you just never know, and that's why you, um, you know, you give it everything you got. It, you know, every team has injuries. Um, hopefully, we can come and and uh, you know have some. You know, our starters are healthy. Uh, that'd be awesome <laughs> the whole year. But you can, every team goes through stuff like that. So um, I'll take my chances with um, that roster any day of the week. The, the the amount of work and preparation that they. Uh, put in and um, how hard they fought, come from behind wins, one run wins. Um, they never gave up, and that's all you can ask for. It might tie into the winning culture that you talked about since day one, but whether it's a free agent or maybe guys that would come and trade, what would be the message to them about why they should want to be a Miami Marlin? Well, I, I just think we're a, about one thing, and it's winning um, and trying to get you better every day. Um, I, I, don't, I don't love the phrase, it's just who you are. I always believe that you can get better. I don't care who you are and where you are, you're at in your career. Um, our staff is going to do whatever we can and, and to get you better um, and show you what winning looks like. Um, and I really believe that. Maybe I believe too much uh, in that stuff, but I really do believe in whoever we acquired to get them better. Um, and they brought Kim brought in high character winning players. That's who we're going to try to identify to bring in. Um, in this offseason, but uh, you know, I, I feel really good about the core players that we have right now. I'm gonna go back left. Yeah, acknowledging that there wasn't a great situation to bring Tanner Scott in, was there any discussion about trying to bring him in in the middle innings when the game was still in the bounce? You know, Nardi's been really good for us all year long, um, especially in leverage innings with runners on base. Uh, he has been our guy. Bases loaded, jams, no outs, he gets out of them. Um, so he's been excellent. Uh, I thought Robbie put it gave us some really good innings as well. Um, kept it close. Uh, you know, maybe a double play was turned. You know, it, you know that type of thing, and that innings looks different. But you give extra outs away, and um, you know sometimes big leaguers make you pay. And um, I think you'd ask Nardi where you know to throw Stott. It's not that spot, <laughs> and uh, Stott's a really good player. I mean, that lineup is really good. It's really deep. There's no holes in it. Um, you know, when you try to flip out the bottom of the order, you got Marsh, and you got. I mean, it's a really good deep lineup. Um, I don't think the story is how many runs. Uh, you know, if Nardi gave up the grand slam or, you know, the pitching, we didn't get anything offensively going. That's just, that's just what it is. We, I mean, Nola and Wheeler um, ha did really, really well against us, and we just could not get anything going. Um, Nardi, Puck, Robbie, and Scott are our guys. They've been our guys all year long. Um, and, uh, you know, if we were going to go down, we were going to go down with them, and uh, we went down. Okay. First row, Noah. You know, with your first season as manager in the books, is there anything that you think that you as a manager can improve on uh, going into next season? Is there anything specific that you're looking forward to going into next season? Of course. I mean, I can improve on many areas. Yeah, I've learned a lot this year. Um, I, I'm not a finished product by, product by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I, I've, I have really good coaches around me that I got to learn from. Um, I have a growth mindset. I'm always trying to figure out how to get better, how to get our guys better. My off days are spent going to different places and facilities, trying to figure out how to get guys better and what what am I missing. Um, so yeah, I, uh, there's a lot of things. I mean, we could be here all day telling you about situations or um, you know how to get you know different guys better. Um, what am I looking forward to most? Um, I think probably seeing what these guys are going to be doing their off season to get better. Um, 
And I think there's uh, just a different standard now, um, you know, in how they're going to prepare. You talk to a lot of these young guys that haven't been in the in the postseason before. They they tell you like, all right, now I get it. I understand now um, because you you talk about all these details all spring training, all throughout during the season. But until you can't hear yourself think out there and you have to rely on your preparation, that's when you understand. Um, and I think that's what they're trying to they're figuring out now. Like, okay, I can take a deep breath. I understand what the postseason looks like. Now I'm going to do everything I can to get back there. Um, until you taste that, you're comfortable losing. And that's the culture we're trying to get rid of. And I think um, I think that happened. Okay. On the left, yeah, Jason. Skip, can I ask you to take a step back and think about Phillies versus Braves? You played 28 games against those two teams this year. How do you think they match up against each other? They are two of the best teams, obviously, in, in the major leagues that we face. Incredibly tough to navigate a lineup um, as far as bullpen matchups. There's no holes. Um, they are their star power up and down the lineup that are postseason tested. Um, the Nola-Wheeler combo right there, it was as good as you're going to find in the major leagues. Um, and their back-end bullpen uh, with Alvarado and a playoff-tested Kimbrel and some Soto was throwing 102 mile an hour sinkers or whatever it was. Um, they, they are really tough and they're coached really, really well. Obviously, the Braves are, um, we, <laughs> we didn't really know how to pitch them, honestly. I don't think the league did. Um, and we were trying everything. Um, and, uh, you know, starts with, you know, obviously the top of that middle of the order. Um, there's just, they make you pay when you make a little bit of a mistake. The run game on both sides are incredible. Um, this, it's going to come down to bullpen uh, and uh, starting pitching. I think it always does. And uh, that's no different um, with the Braves and, and the Phillies. It comes down to starting pitching and bullpen. And uh, it's going to be a really good series because it, they're both coached so well and they're so talented that I'm looking forward to watching it. You will watch those games? Absolutely. Yeah. I, again, like I, I look. I love learning to see what we managers are doing and what did I miss if I was, you know, I put myself in their situations and again, I'm constantly trying to figure out and what, what would I do? Why would they do that? What am I missing? You know, you're texting your own coaches and other managers and um, that's, you know, I don't want to do it from the couch. I'd rather be in the dugout doing it. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun for me to, to watch those games. And I, get, I have a 16-year-old son and a 13-year-old daughter that um, you know, we'll be talking about it too. And they'll be second-guessing what I'm talking about, just like my bench coach was second-guessing me all year. So uh, no, it, it's going to be a, a lot of fun. I just wish I was doing it in the dugout. Okay. Last question here, Daniel. Yeah, thank you, John. Uh, Skip, when we tell the story of this season and your group, we have to talk about Luis and how impressive it was from the beginning to the end, playing hurt. Uh, so what do you make out of his season, what you learned from him, and what impressed you the most um, out of Arraez? Well, there's a couple guys that stepped up uh, when they didn't feel so great, uh, and they still try to do whatever they can to help us win. Sandy went down to the minor leagues to try to play uh, with an elbow that was not good, um, just in case we got here. Um, I think when your best players are doing that, it's showing like posting matters. Arise is doing the same thing. Um, won a batting title. Was I mean, if you saw his ankle, the photos of his ankle, you're like, there's no way he's going to play in the postseason. The fact that he played in the postseason was pretty incredible, and it just 
it, it just shows the young guys that you're, it's okay to play a little sore, a little hurt, push through some stuff. Um, he, is, he was the heartbeat of our lineup. Uh, he started the engine. I know it's cliche, but you hear that stuff. Like, that is the one guy that I will say, um, you know, really changed the culture from day one when he walked in our clubhouse of this is what work looks like. This is how you prepare every day. Jump on board. And, um, and I'm, I'm grateful for that, for that trade uh, because, you know, that, that set, we talk about setting the standard. You know, he definitely set that standard. Skip, congratulations. Got a plethora of sound from the clubhouse after the loss. Let's first hear what Jake Berger had to say. You mentioned feeling like a family. Obviously, you came from a different organization. What in particular is it, though, about the, like what, whether it's something Kim did or Skip staff that you point to, like, this is the reason that this winning culture is being built? Yeah, I think we have a, a lot of the, the right guys in here, um, you know, with the chemistry. I think that's why we came back from so many games. I think that's why we won so many one-run run, one games. It's that, that chemistry of just, uh, you know, trusting each individual in here. And I, I think Kim's done an excellent job of, um, you know, through through trades and free agents and whatnot. And, um, you know, Skip, you know, getting the uh, ingredients almost and, um, you know, cultivating that that uh, culture in this clubhouse. And, you know, I, like I said, like, I felt it from, from day one. I walked into this clubhouse that um, you know this this group's special, and um, you know now now it's up to us to uh, you know hold hold ourselves to that standard. What was Skip's message to you guys after the game as you prepare for the off season and eventually spring training? Yeah, I mean obviously it sucks uh, you know ending the way it did, but um, you know now. Now we've set the standard, you know, um, of, of what what we should be like in this clubhouse and how, how we should take and attack each day. So, um, you know, I think those are, you know, great words to, uh, you know, to explain kind of how we're all feeling. How close do you think you guys are to taking that next step now that you have had that taste of postseason? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, us going into the offseason now, um, you know, I think it, it creates that motivation for us to, uh, you know, get better in all the areas that we all individually know we need to get better in um, and you know then we get to spring training and then see what happens also just what did one make Nola difficult um, you know he, he threw um, you know everything for strikes and um, you know strike the ball and um, you know it was it was pretty uh, pretty gutsy performance from him you know he's a great pitcher and um, you know he you know what postseason baseball's like and um, you know it's a, it's a really good baseball team over there um, you know so um, you know I wish him the best of luck going forward um, you know and yeah it's just a good baseball team Okay, that was Jake Berger. Let's hear what Braxton Garrett had to say after his outing. What are the emotions like right now? The season you guys had, the success you guys had to see it end as quickly as it did in the postseason? Yeah, it's tough. You know, um, it always sucks saying bye to all the guys. You know, we've been together for so long. We're, you know, basically a family. Um, but we've come a long way. We came a lot farther than most people thought. So, you know, we should be proud of what we've done. You know, whether it was, you know, obviously uncharted territories for you, Lizardo, a bunch of injuries, guys like Sandy Erie, just how, you know, going through those, you know, for next season, like you won't have those inning maybe limitations or, you know, is that something you look forward to next year that's like, okay, we've gotten past that hurdle now? Um, innings just really isn't something I think about too much. I think more so just about my stuff, how my delivery feels, and just my confidence level. You know, obviously, I know going into the year I won't have as much of a restriction, so I guess it does feel good, but it's not really something I think about too much. How did you feel about yourself today and then just the third inning? We all walk in a couple of hits and we took the two runs. 
Yeah, stuff was pretty good tonight, especially early. Um, I thought tonight I should have trusted my four seam a little bit more, um, which I'm not used to doing. Um, but I kept my four seam in good spots away, especially to the lefties. Um, yeah, and then that third inning, the leadoff walk is, is tough. That's something I never want to do. Um, that's the one thing looking back that I'd like to take back. And then, yeah, mistake to Schwarber over the plate. Yeah, mistake to Turner. So it is what it is. Those guys are really good. I, You know, I did the best I could. How would you describe your season? Awesome. You know, I, I'm really happy with how the year went. Um, obviously, there's a ton to improve on, a ton ton of things that I'll take into the offseason to kind of just refine. And But overall, it's been a good year and, you know, been awesome to be with this group of guys. But for you personally and for the team as a whole, how much do you think this set the foundation for what can do moving forward and how close do you think you guys are to t- being able to take that next step? Yeah, Skip said it best. You know, we set the standard, we feel, and um, going forward, it's just something that we'll expect now. We'll, the expectation in the locker room during the regular season and come around this time will be a lot different than what it's been. Um, yeah, but again, we should be proud of what we've done and we set a good expectation. And, and why? Is it, I guess, you know, we always hear about strength pitching. Is that a big reason why, just with you and the guys coming back next year and just hopefully setting the tone? Why, why is that standard should be moving forward? Yeah, well, just overall the year and what we did and... You know, we just expected to win all year. You know, we had a tough stretch after the All-Star break, but other than that, just we expected to win and um, every night. And, I don't, you know, that's just not something I think was an every night thing um, in the past. And, yeah, as starters, we, we got a ton of great experience, and especially here in the playoffs. So we'll build on that as well. What was your personal favorite moment from the season? Ooh. You know, that win... Team-wise, that that win in Chicago, the White Sox win, that was a pretty pretty sweet win. Um, and for me personally, I'd have to say the 13 strikeout game. Um, it's always fun to get a lot of strikeouts. Um, so yeah, say that. Sandy Alcantara spoke to the media after the loss to the Philadelphia Phillies. Let's hear what Sandy had to say after the defeat. The injuries along the way, the hurdles, the everyone doubting you, you guys make it here just to see it end as quickly as it did how how tough is this um man it's hard you know i mean knowing where where we came from you know i mean like what kind of season do we have you know battle to get here you know and just lose two two game back to back and get eliminated like that so it's something that that hurt also made a decision yet on whether the next step for you and your recovery? Uh, no, yeah. I mean, I don't know. So let's see maybe next week. So, I mean, and, uh, I'm way like you guys do. Yeah, and for you, for you specifically, just obviously the injury was the injury, but just how tough was it to just have to be in the dugout and watching as the two games unfolded? I mean, since the first one, you know, I mean, I've always been there outside, you know, supporting my teammates, you know, but at the same time, I feel sad, you know. Because I can, I can be out there and fight it for my team. So, but I mean, it is what it is. I just got to take it and support my team the way that, I, that I've been doing, you know, and try to get better soon. Folks, before I sign off here, I just wanted to thank everyone that tuned in at any point, however much time you 
tuned in on the radio or our Twitter or a GoPro podcast, whatever it may be, from the bottom of my heart, Kyle Seeloff, the entire radio crew, Kelly, Rod, Gabby, Nelly, our producers, Jeff, Jonathan, Ricardo, Stanley, our program director, Grace Blazer. It's just been an unforgettable first season, but this is just the start. This culture, the standard now, like Skip Schumacher said, this is it now. And you start to build something special here in Miami. You felt it. There was moments of it. Now it's about sustaining it. They've got the right man in charge in Skip Schumacher, the coaching staff, the players, the front office, from Bruce to Kim to Carol. I mean, this is, I think, going to be a special, special team for years to come. We will have off-season content for you. Hot Stove Show podcast. Kyle will have you covered. Folks, thank you again for listening the entire season, and we will talk to you next year. For Kyle Seeloff and Kelly Sacco, I'm Steven Strom. This is the Marlins Radio Network, driven by AutoNation. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.